this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic, I also do is delight Okay, hello and welcome to the the second last of our Halloween episodes, the long in the works Donnie Darko episode. You may all be thinking, that's not horror, but we decide what's horror now. And I mean, let's Frank the Bunny, it's admittedly creepy. It's a Halloween movie. It's not necessarily horror, but it's it's Halloween. My it thoughts is exactly. Halloween. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It takes place in October. Halloween plays a big part in it. It counts. You're wrong. Uh, Sam also is here and Rob is here. I, can't I figured he was going to say something and then just <laughs> nodded. No one knows. No one sees that. Uh, to do, it, when I say it's been long in the works, I mean, it sounds like, you know, mostly that's just been every now and then we remember that we should do it. It was part going to be part of January. And then yeah. I think we just, just were like, oh, it makes more sense to push that one to October. Yeah, I suspect I probably pitched it half-heartedly for previous Halloweens. But but when I when when I heard that Swayze was the thing, I was like, okay, this one has to be there. And then yeah. it, it was not. I believe not, I lent my support but... to that suggestion. But yeah, we were I, overruled, I, Rob. I think that's how we ended up here, actually getting to do this at some point together. So that's good. Well, and it's also been 20 years since Donnie Darko came out so there was no way I was going to let that go by because if we don't do it this year we can't do it again until 2026 so so we're going to do the 21st anniversary like a bunch of weirdos come on hey you can celebrate that you know Frank's bunny suit is of legal drinking age in the US (laughs) I guess there's always ways around it but no this was the time uh, I guess before we get into the everyone, you, I think this is one of those episodes where we've all seen it. But anyway, let's get into your history, starting with Rob. Um, I saw this during university for the first time, so I would guess two to three years after it came out. Um, I just picked it up on DVD from one of those. I don't know if you had this uh, where you grew up, but in my hometown, we had a shop that was like definitely not legit. They were selling DVDs way below the prices that they should have been, um, and they were definitely. You- like they were coming you know off the goddamn well I have a place like that. <laughs> I know you do now, but like, oh yeah, that's a good point. But this was like in a in an actual mall. Yours is like out in in mm. in the west end of the city. My, mine was like in the main shopping mall, and half of the DVDs that they were selling were rental copies. Um, so I don't know how they were getting away with this. Anyway, I I found the movie there. I watched it once. Was like, I have no idea what just happened. So then watched it a few more times, read a lot about the movie until I thought that I understood, understood it. Uh, and then it went straight to the top of my list, like like top 10 movies of all time. And it's stayed there ever since, even though I've probably only seen it twice since the mid 2000s uh, and not not since probably 10 or 11 years ago. That's high praise. Sam also. Um, yeah, I think my history is similar to Rob's. I saw it for the first time in high school, probably a few years after it came out watched it a whole bunch of times, didn't totally get it, but loved it anyways. Um, I think I revisited it a couple of years ago 
on Halloween. I think it was like the first year that I did my spooktober. This was like my reward for getting through 31 days of horror movies. So, yeah. Spooktober. Could have used that name. I mean, it's already pretty widely used. Is that right? That's when, that's when you watch a horror movie every single day in October. Oh. I can't yeah. recommend it, and yet I'm still on year three of doing it. So. Yes, you've, ne- you've never once enjoyed it. Not one time. <laughs> I love a at good least, streak. At least not the whole way through. Yeah, I used to do it too, except I did the added thing of reviewing each and every one, which was super stupid, but yeah. And then one year I just cheated and watched a bunch in September and banked the reviews and didn't tell anybody. It's like, I don't want anyone to know I'm not legit, but I can't do it. And, and that's how Sean got banned from Spooktober. Yeah, and then <laughs> the Spooktober council called me and said, yeah, don't think we don't have eyes everywhere. So I've never fully trusted my wife since because I don't know who else could have snitched me out. But So from that on, they were like, you can watch one every second day and you can't review them. And I went, all right, it seems fair. So here we are. Uh, my history is very similar. <laughs> very similar. I saw it. A friend of mine bought the DVD and that's like if Sam also buys a DVD, like it's the biggest compliment a movie can be paid by someone if by that person, if they're like, I got to own it, like you get to join my other two movies. So she like loved it enough that she had to own it. She's like, oh, you got to see this movie. It's like, all right. So I watched it. and I was like, I liked it. I have no idea what any of that was, but I liked it. And we probably talked on ICQ at the time. About, you know, let's talk about, you know, what, what was what was that movie? Let's figure it out. Let's get to the bottom of it. And then I don't think I saw it again until like four years ago when Arrow Video released this. And Rob, you might remember that I ordered this thing. This I do. Gigantic Donnie Darko set that was almost too much. It was the theatrical cut and the director's cut and two two-hour documentaries and four commentary tracks. I remember getting through it all took me like a week of just leaving it on in the background while I was doing other things. And by the end, I had died. Like, there was nothing else to know about that movie. Like, by the end of that, it was just featurettes on who made the chairs in the kitchen? Like, there's <laughs> nothing left to talk about with that movie. Like, stories started to repeat. Like, let's talk about how Drew Barrymore came in and save the film and release it. like i already know i stop like i love bonus features but by disc three is like jesus christ like <laughs> one step away from just press this button and richard kelly will show up at your house and just give you an in-person dissertation you would have pressed that button though. i would have 100 percent pressed that button and then he would have shown up and i would have said look i already know enough about this but let's talk about the box and he would have been so excited because there ain't no one asking Richard Kelly about the box. No one's even know. No one even knows what I'm talking about, do they? Yeah, it was the, the James Marsden movie. Yeah, I think it was also okay. based off a Richard Matheson book, which we've touched on previously. Automatically means I'll hate it, but that, yes, that is true. But man, the box is a. If you thought Donnie Darko was a weird movie, this all okay, kid, this doesn't quite match it, but. Yeah, it's the it's it, Rob. It's that whole like, hey, push this button on this box, and you'll get a reward. But someone you don't know somewhere will die, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, do I press the yeah, button? Yeah. Do I press the button? And it gets so weird. Like, so, in, like get, they get into why is this box a box? What's up with this? And then it gets, oh, it's such a strange movie. But I remember really liking it. He also did Southland Tales, which is 
a movie. Mm. It's weird that he didn't kind of go on to bigger and better. I think, you know, Southland Tales kind of crushed his Donnie Darko momentum, but... Well, also an unauthorized, or not necessarily an unauthorized, but unofficial sequel. Probably did a lot to make him not want to do Darko! Have you seen it? No. No. Oh, it's garbage. Garbage movie. I have not seen it since... I I think it might have come out when I worked at the video store. I don't remember, but I definitely saw it. I remember nothing about it, and it's bad. So... That's there's your S Darko episode. Just don't. It's neat they got the same girl to come back and play the daughter. Um, for two thousand points, the girl who plays young Samantha in this movie. What is her iconic role that she goes on to play? Oh, I know this. Obviously, S Darko. The ring. Well, yes, she's the little girl who comes out the TV in the ring. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Hit you with hit you with some knowledge right up front. But let's get in. God, how do we even do this? All right, Rob, sum up the plot of Donnie Darko, but don't, but like not at a high level. Like explain it. Wait, really? Explain beat for beat. <laughs> in see detail. the panic in his eyes. There's, <laughs> Every- no, there's no panic other than you said you had a one o'clock. That's the panic. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Then, how do then, we do? How do we do this briefly? To clarify to everyone, because there is a theatrical cut and a director's cut, we all watched the theatrical cut because it felt more legit, you know. Experience the movie how people experienced it in 2001 before the director's cut came out and said, look, here's more or less what's going on. Mm. So which explanation would you even give to this audience? Like, would you give them the enough for them to be interested in watching it? Or do you give them the actual explanation of what's happening? Like, I don't even know what the, what the entry point is here for this. I, yeah. I mean, at the highest of high level, it's time travel. But like, that, that's what I mean, though. You've said it now. You've put that out there. So that puts it into the, the viewer's mind immediately from that point on. And I don't know that you start there. But... It's one of, has anyone seen the movie Primer? No, I okay. have, but I didn't understand it, and it's been okay. a long time, yeah. So, me neither. But Donnie Darko kind of follows more along the primer path of when you say, Oh, it's about time travel, but it's not back to the future time travel where it's like, Look, just they went, they went back in the past. This, this, it doesn't don't think about it too much. This is one of those movies that's like, No, really think about it. Like, we're gonna get into it, we're gonna get into the science of this. The philosophy of time travel. Yes. If you will. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you have to think about this. This isn't, we're not going to spoon feed you the answers. Yeah. I guess if you're setting it up for the audience, then it's that Donnie Darko is an angsty teenage boy with potential mental illness and hallucinations who slowly realizes that what he's actually experienced is time travel. And yeah. An alternate universe type scenario. Yeah. It's a lot of standard angsty teen movie stuff but with the backdrop of intense time travel science fiction concepts. Like, you could strip out some of that stuff and just get, oh yeah, it's a movie about Donnie Darko, a troubled teen who's on meds, and he meets a girl, and this happens and this happens, and you could still have a movie. Mm-hmm. You, but, And I'm sure for a lot of people, you could probably just enjoy it as that and go like, yeah, there's some weird shit happening in the background, but I don't know. Do oh actually there's a question. Do you think this movie can be enjoyed if you don't 
like if you aren't interested in figuring that stuff out, like just as a movie, like I like these characters, I like this story. I don't really know. There's some weird shit happening, but I don't know. I mean, I think so. I think you won't get like the full experience. Like if your brain doesn't hurt by the time you're done watching it, you kind of haven't done it right. But yeah, I think there's enough there that you could enjoy it without thinking too hard about it. Yeah. I I just find it hard to believe that anyone is just walking away from that movie going, I'm not going to think about that at all now. That's fine. I'm done. (laughs) I think I'm sure some people are like, that was confusing. Yeah. Maybe the people who trashed it in the reviews the first time it came out. Yeah, exactly. But yes, I feel if you're not, if the credits aren't rolling on this and you aren't going to the internet and going Donnie Darko ending question mark, question mark, question mark. Like what was that, Sam? What was that other Jake Gyllenhaal movie that's basically the same enemy? Did you? I thought you saw yeah. it. Maybe you did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing where it's his his more recent where it just ends and you're like, what, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so uh, then you go to the internet and go, can someone explain enemy? Enter. I think even more so than Donnie Darko because when Donnie Darko ended the first time we were able to put some of the pieces together but when Enemy ended I had no idea where to even start other no, than, do I no. just like re- do I just like press play again and go through it a second time It's sounding like I need to see this movie it's, Yeah it's one I need to revisit cuz yeah you get you hit the end and you're like the fuck was that Yeah <laughs> it is probably top 5 all time most just like Eh? wait credits what where do i even begin and you begin with going on reddit and reading a ten thousand word essay that ends with telling you to watch the ritual (laughs) yes sam have you heard about this movie the ring and it follows and as above so below those are the only three reddit horror or horror movies reddit's aware of Apart from, again, The Ritual, which is the ritual, the all-time best horror movie ever made. Ever. I'm looking for under-the-radar horror movies. Have you heard about Hereditary? Fucking Reddit. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Enemy. No, Enemy's also a good uh, Jakey Gyllenhaal head-scratcher. Yeah. So this is early days, Jakey Gyllenhaal. This is like, is this pre- or post-Bubble Boy, Sam? I will look it up. I feel like it was the same year. I think Bubble Boy was also 2001. Ooh, hell of a year. Hell of a year for Jake Gyllenhaal. Good year to be Jakey Gyllenhaal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also 2001. I, w- I wonder if one kind of, re- if Bubble Boy came and then Donnie Darko kind of redeemed him. I wonder if he goes on to the same career if Donnie Darko had starred. God, who did they want again? I was reading about it earlier, about all the different people who were almost cast. And the, the uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think, was going to be Donnie Darko. Oh. I thought we were talking about Bubble Boy. <laughs> I, I got no I got Bubble Boy was I always going to be Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, no, I Unless don't think Donnie Darko was tra- trajectory. Me- no, it wasn't. It came out like two months later. Okay, Bubble Boy was August. Also, fun fact: apparently, Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal. This is from IMDb. At the rap party for this movie, both agreed they have no idea what the movie is about. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> counter to something that I read about the commentary. It sounded like Jake Gyllenhaal's like really into it in the commentary, like really into the lore of what was going on. So I guess he, he might learned more afterwards. Yeah, maybe he is now. Uh, Vince Vaughn, there it is. Vince Vaughn turned down the part of Donnie because he felt he was too old. Can you imagine this movie? He would have been correct. <laughs> Vince <fuck>? Vaughn. <laughs> that is weird. 
it's it, it, yeah but i, I could i, I could it. i could only picture it as him as vince vaughn now so it just makes it way funnier and creepier but even 20 years ago he would have been what like in his like let's see 30s at least yeah maybe. so vince like vaughn, when donnie darko said that he was held back in school because of the whole fire thing like was he held back 20 fucking years he would have been 31 wow <laughs> yeah Oh, that's no well in 2001 they probably filmed the movie in like 2000 or 99 but still i don't think it would have made that much average difference 30 it would have knocked 20 minutes off the movie because uh guy speaks so fast <laughs> it would have just been like yeah yeah poor old vessel time travel <laughs> yep done. okay good let's go first of all this pop smurf did make smurfette gargamel made the smurfs i was trying to do a vince vaughn but i couldn't it's pretty good yeah I got, I got the sense of what you were trying to do. And I got, I got the line wrong, but that's wow. fine. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How do, we, how do we even go about this? Like, the plot is so complex and, like, interlinked. And it's like, unless, like, we give, like, literally a frame-by-frame breakdown, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do this. Yeah, it's There's a some dead- stuff. It's a dense movie, and even this time, after all of my viewings of this movie back in 2017 with that set, even on this time, I was still probably picking up on, like, oh, there's a new thing. Like, it is, you know, it's one of those movies that if you're not patient for it, it is going to be probably frustrating and incoherent, but if you want to understand it and unravel it and peel it back and take that time, like there's so much going on here. <laughs> so you got, yeah. So you got Donnie Darko early career, uh, Jakey Gyllenhaal. Uh, you got his actual sister playing his sister. You got Maggie Gyllenhaal. Then you got ring girl. And then the, the whole supporting cast surrounding them is a kind of who's who of 2000. Like, Oh, Noah Wiley. Back when we let you be in movies. That's cool. <laughs> As science teacher who has time travel book. He has a name, I'm sure, but. Yeah, it's a weird name, like Monotov or something. They actually, like, yeah, they get similar. it wrong in the movie, someone does, and then someone else corrects them. That, which is uh, an ad lib because Jenna Malone couldn't say it right, and that's actually him correcting her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got Jenna Malone as Gretchen. The, the love interest of the movie. You got it, Seth Rogen making his career debut as Asshole Bully. Uh, IMDb says that his first line of dialogue ever delivered in a movie <laughs> is, I like your boobs, which is super on brand. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool to see Seth Rogen here. Um, the dad, I recognize the dad. I didn't look him up, but it, I, I know him from something. I think He's the definitely been famous. in stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in uh, Battlestar Galactica, right? She's yeah. the president. Yeah, and I think she's the president's wife in Independence Day as well. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. So a lot of wife roles. Mm-hmm. A lot of president roles. A lot of president roles. Uh, and, then, and then Drew Barrymore, who, as mentioned before, was kind of the one who saved the movie because... Nobody really wanted to release it, and I kind of understand why. If you put that product in front of a studio, I'm sure they're going to look at you and say, I, well, I have no idea what to do with, with this. Like, how do you market this? 
So Drew Barrymore kind of swooped in and said, all right, my production company, here's $4.5 million. Go make this movie. Hmm. She is in there as an English teacher. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Swayze, who would have gotten, you know, how we almost got it into January as what's his name? Pat Cunningham, Pat Jim. something, Jim Cunningham. Yeah. The, um, I don't know if we want to, I mean, we spoil every movie ever on here, but it's been out so for hard. 20 years. I, mean, I know honestly, it's so hard to spoil the whole thing though, that it's like, maybe people should, if you haven't watched it, still go watch it. Let's just say his character goes some places, but he's like this cheesy motivational speaker who has, I mean, I think it's pre Dr. Phil and those kind of people, but it still kind of feels like a rip on them. Like just the most surface level bullshit, easy philosophy, but people are obsessed with him. This whole thing is just about fear is that video that the gym teacher or whatever proudly shows is so good. Yeah. It's like spot on the, like what a school would show you as she stands there and is like, woof. Good stuff. Pretty Good serious, stuff. pretty pretty serious stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back in. Uh, I think you should leave. I guess. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Why are these tables oh so dirty? Oh god! Like he threw them in a mud puddle. Sam, don't know. Sam, go watch. I think you. Nah, you don't like comedy. Well, this <laughs> is like kind of anti-comedy, so maybe you would like it. Nah, eh, just go watch it, Sam. I don't know. Okay, I'll send you a link. Um uh, and yeah, the boom mic appears in one shot in the video. Huh. So it's, oh, it's the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's like what what is it? It's like fear and love, and everything can be divided into those two categories. Yeah. It's just and it's people garbage would, nonsense. Yeah. He speaks in Facebook memes. Like he would absolutely that character in real life would be able to pull this off. Like you can just picture Jim. Is it Jim Cunningham? Did I get it right that time? Yeah. Jim Cunningham quotes being attributed to memes on Facebook in front of flowery backgrounds. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Vaccinations are a product of fear. Yeah, exactly. Jim Cunningham would thrive <laughs> in a modern day setting. And any scene between him and Donnie is always great because Donnie's the one person who seems willing to call him out on his bullshit. Well, I guess they only meet in person once, but the other time he's asked to, to deal with that philosophy, he tells the gym teacher to... How does she word it? Insert the card. Insert Forcibly the card into my insert anus. Insert the card into my anus. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like that because the dad, he laughs at that part. And then later when it comes back up, he's like, I mean, in all fairness, he had pretty good reason to tell her that. It's like, good for you, dad. I do really uh, actually like the family dynamic here because like it's super dysfunctional, but also just like. I don't know. They seem to be kind of supportive of each other. Yeah. But in a really fucked up way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not your standard movie, dysfunctional family in a movie. They're not screaming at each other. And like, yes, he calls the mom a, a bitch early on, but you know, he's a teenager. moody teenager on a bunch of meds. And she doesn't even handle it that poorly. So she's been around the block with that before. But yeah. They are like weirdly supportive. Like when Donnie does that, they're like, yeah, I get it. Cause they all hate the clearly like the mom is barely concealing her hatred of the gym teacher who is the most passive aggressive, like goody, goody, just yeah. Trying to get a book banned because it connects sort of to something that's happening in real life. It's like, yeah, 
I'm sure that's happening still and more. I also, I miss, like, I have seen this movie so many times and, like, the book she's trying to get banned is, like, Graham Greene, right? And then she, like, makes a bon- Bonanza reference or something like that. I, I never looked it up. I didn't realize that it was, like, a play on Lauren Green. And I thought that she was referring to, like, Canadian actor Graham Greene. And I was very confused. I didn't realize that either. I, I had no idea who Lone Green was, and I finally looked it up this time. It was like, yeah, I looked it up this time around. Like, I've seen this movie probably like two dozen times, and this is the first time. I'm like, is this '80s movie set in the U.S. like actually making a reference to Canadian superstar Graham Greene? And it was not. It was not. See, this movie's dense. Like we were saying. Oh yeah, and it takes place in the '80s. I guess we didn't. Which is strange because like there's yeah. nothing really that like anchors it to the 80s right so there, like other there, than there's one scientific thing that kind of anchors it to 88 specifically um some theories of time travel uh, revolve around like two eights i forget the exact context of it but there's a lot of 88 symbolism in this movie as well so i thought I think, it was 86 no I, th- I think if you if you look up some of the movies that they talk about that are released as well and are playing on halloween i think they're at 1988 releases as well um i believe if you add up the the days hours, minutes, and seconds, that also adds up to 88. I could be wrong on that one, though. Okay, I was. I don't know why I thought it was 86, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, and yeah, the, I guess, yeah, they go see Evil, what, Evil Dead 2. Yeah. The, the soundtrack is 80s, but I can tell you the... The soundtrack bonus, is excellent. It is. The bonus features of that Blu-ray sure did talk a lot about the scene where they're getting off the bus and how important the soundtrack was and how they mapped everything out to the, that tracking shot to the soundtrack. and Which makes sense because they flipped around some of the lyrics to like make them fit specifically what was happening. It's almost like you've seen that bonus feature because yes, they talk about that as well. I haven't. I just like, that is probably my all time favorite song because of this movie. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. It's, I love this soundtrack. Like I would say this is probably my like top soundtrack movie soundtrack of like all time. It is solid. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. It's very good. And of course, most people probably know it gave us the Mad World by Gary Jules, I think is the name. Although there's probably a whole generation who just knows it as the Gears of War commercial song. We know it. That's absurd. Yeah. The first Gears of War commercial set to... I think that commercial is to blame for that trend of pairing like an action movie with a slowed down song. I think all of that can be geared, put towards Gears of War because the first trailer was scored to Mad World. And people were like, wow, that's so not, you know, that's crazy. Those two things don't mesh, but it works so well. And 15 years of like, what if we slow down Smells Like Teen Spirit for this Black Widow thing? It's like, oh, I guess. You were so, going to suggest that we know it for a different reason, and I was curious about your reason. Well, Donnie Darko. I'm saying okay, there's a enough. whole there's a whole younger generation who's like oh it's the, who would watch this and go oh it's the Gears of War song. So there's actually another no. reason why Brits would know it. Um, it was it was actually released two years later as a single uh, just before Christmas, and it was the Christmas number one for that year, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking bleak Christmas that wow. must have been. <laughs> Good lord! Like all I can picture is just sad man with egg alcoholic eggnog looking around at his family and just i hate it here as that song <laughs> plays all this commercialism yeah 
Anyway, so a jet engine falls into Donnie's room, but he's not home at the time. And this sets a series of events in motion that are probably too much for us to explain, but uh, he starts to see visions of Frank, a guy in a creepy bunny suit who starts uh, telling him to do bad things like flood the school and set houses on fire. And he also says, hey, the world's going to end in like 28 days, so many hours. Um, And things from there, we get into wormholes and vortexes. And then once you really start going down the rabbit hole, you start getting into the, the, like the, the misguided, there's all these different terms now that are, I'm blanking on. Mm-hmm. Manipulate, as, manipulated manipulated dead. dead. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it, rewatching it now, you, I really saw just how much every person in that movie seems to be guiding Donnie Darko to the eventual end quest of getting a jet engine back into a parallel universe so that it, space and time doesn't fold in on itself yeah and it's actually getting it back into the the real universe like the timeline that we're experiencing yeah so essentially this jet engine's not supposed to be here it has created an unstable tangent universe and in 28 days if he doesn't get the jet engine back into the original timeline and set things right bad yeah the tangent universe will collapse create a black hole in the in the real universe and yeah that's not a good thing yeah <laughs> yeah and if you didn't even want to get into that stuff you would not know any of it's there the director's cut makes it a little more explicit because it physically puts text on the screen that says artifact dot da 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 it's like okay that's the jet engine it, it occurred to me actually on on watching it this time that anyone who's seen loki would actually have a good entry point to what's actually happening in this even though it's not explicitly stated because there's some similar concepts in that show that's true, actually. Yeah. You're right. Loki is a giant ripoff of Johnny Darko. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen the director's cut, so I missed a lot of this, which is weird because I'm pretty sure I own the director's cut. I think everything I'm explaining is because of the director's cut. I don't, watching it now, I don't think a lot of that's there. Maybe so, if th- when he's looking at the time travel book, if you like peek down, you can see some of it. Yeah, yeah, I've also not seen the director's cut, but what I did after seeing the movie was I, I played around on the, the movie website for a long time. I don't know if yeah, you remember it this is, thing, yeah, but it had it lots is. of clues and stuff that you could yeah. piece together about what was actually happening. So The book is there, that you yeah. can just read it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the puzzle, it's kind of like one of the original, I think, what, ARG is, is augmented reality game, where you have to kind of go into the real world and you can learn a little bit more about the the world of the movie where although usually it's more hey it's a little bit of added backstory if you want to take the time to go on the cloverfield website whereas this is more look if you want to even understand the basics of the film you're gonna have to put in some of that extra work and i can see how people wouldn't want to do that we're all busy especially now there's so much media to consume that i don't know it's i feel like movies that require repeated viewings are a tougher sell these days Mm -hmm. For that exact reason, like, look, my to watch list is 50 things deep. I can't devote another two hours to understanding your film. But if there's something that everyone wants to watch, it's a superhero movie. So you just sell it to them as a superhero movie. 
That's true. Just Donnie Darko is a superhero. He is a superhero. Yeah, I missed so much. I feel like an idiot because I've seen this so many times, and like, I thought he was mostly just trying to go back and like save the people he'd harmed. And there's some of that for sure, but but also an alternate universe (laughs) and time folding in on itself, and there is also all of that. Yeah, Um, and the idea that. I forget the term for them. Maybe it is manipulated dead that all of the people around him are kind of, whether they know it or not, driving him towards like, there's a certain place, like all of these things need to happen. Like, yeah, I, th- need- I think there's the manipulated living and dead. Cause yeah, cause the, the manipulated dead would obviously be, be Frank um, without spoiling too much. Like the reason that the ghost of Frank can appear is because what happens later in the movie. So yeah. it's, it's almost like that time loop feeds itself in that case. Or I forget what flooding the school leads to, but I remember like the house fire leads to a certain reveal that starts a sequence of events that clears out, you know, the house so a party can be had and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have vague memories of water being linked to portals as well, but I forget. Yeah, I forget there's like how exactly how that works. Water and fire needs to be generated. I didn't get too deep into that stuff, but it's there. And I yeah, think, yeah every- the flooding of the school kind of links him to Gretchen too. That's right. when he saves her from oh, Seth yeah, Rogen talk- right. talking about her boobs. Yeah. And there's stuff like when she first gets to class, Drew Barrymore says, which you could never do oh in a real God, classroom. No. Sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. Which if she wasn't a manipulated living, making sure that she sets up her to meet Donnie Darko, that's the worst thing a teacher could ever do. And she probably deserved to get fired. Like, what a horrible way to start that girl's time at her new school. It was already the second thing that could have led to discipline for her, because she already shamed one of the students and was like, if you'd actually read the book, you would know that this thing happens. Yeah, teachers can get away with that. I mean, they could could then, not so much now. No. No, I guess that's true. And I I had another example of that, how everyone, oh, her writing cellar door sticks in his head so later he enters somewhere through a cellar door i forgot all about that like whole thing until i rewatched it this time like that was yeah i'd forgotten about that i don't even think i picked up on the cellar door connection until this round yeah that apparently cellar door is the most beautiful phrase in the english language (laughs) it's fine feels nice to say i guess i think i read somewhere that like there's a there's a, a Spanish equivalent of this. So so if you pronounce it but you translate it from Spanish instead of English, it means something in Spanish related to like dying and, and taking power away from something. I, I forget the exact context, but it's got it's got like dual meanings. Apparently J.R.R. Tolkien said that, writer of uh, of course the Similarian. <laughs> his best known work. <laughs> Because Richard Kelly says it was, I think he says it was like Edgar Allan Poe or something. And, mm. and no, that's not true. Um, God, yeah. I, I, I mean, I still go back to the idea that even putting all of that aside, you could still enjoy a lot of what is here. I think the Donnie Darko character is good. There's a lot of little humor, levity bits throughout. Like the Smurf conversation is funny. All of it, any encounters he has with the gym teacher or Jim Cunningham are amusing. But I think all of that still works aside from if you don't want to put in the work. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, like all of the character interactions are really well done. Like there's no relationship in the movie that feels like forced or I don't know. They all, they all kind of just mesh really well. And I think that that alone would kind of make it a worthwhile movie, even if you don't want to ponder it for too long after the fact. But I mean, it's obviously better if you do give it a little bit of thought and maybe, you know, a couple dozen rewatches to understand what the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the the characters feel lived in as cliched of a phrase as that can be. Like, the, the, the performances feel very natural. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it helps that Jake and Maggie are real life siblings. So that dynamic already kind of works. But yeah, like you don't need... You don't need a character to sit down and explain to you like, oh, Donnie's never been the same since blankety blank, blank, blank. And yeah, it feels very natural. Like you pick up on all of the dynamics and the relationships without needing that. For a movie with so much plot, it is weirdly free of exposition. Aside from, I guess, the Noah Wiley scenes, but even that doesn't feel too damning. Like it. Oh, like it. fits right i mean it's a complex concept he goes to the only person he thinks would kind of know about this complex concept and it gets explained to him by this kind of expert in his field sort of thing so yeah it's not it it feels natural like it never feels you know forced i think if like donnie had picked up you know roberta sparrow's book and then started explaining it to like his dumb shit friends like then that would have felt weird and just exposition for the sake of exposition but i don't know everything kind of fits it all meshes like same thing you know like you just said we never talk about how oh donnie's not not been the same since this and this is why he's in therapy and like a whole long thing but it comes up in one of his conversations with gretchen and it just it all feels natural like you get you get the gist of everything but it never feels forced yeah yeah it's like again for a first round like this is his first script his first movie there is a confidence here that is extremely admirable like this is clearly him saying no this is my vision this is exactly how i see this playing out it's clearly the movie that he wanted to make like there's no like oh i don't know like why is it no, he was committed <laughs> Well, even he said that it's not so much the director's cut in the sense of this is it. This is the movie. I, he, he refers to it more as like a special edition. Okay, fair enough. Like this is here. I've flipped some things around. There's a little bit more explanation, but it's not director's cut in the sense of this is the movie I always wanted to make. He's like, no, I am very happy with what I released. And it's definitely one of those movies that had to catch on because it came out, did not do well. They talk about that a lot too. That he's like, well, I guess that's that. That's done. That sucks. I put so much work into this, and then, but it you know picks up steam and becomes one of those movies where people see it and go, holy shit! Like I think all of us here just kind of picked it up, and I don't know. For me, it was word of mouth for sure. Like holy shit, you gotta see this. I had a thing for Jake Gyllenhaal in high school. I don't know what he would have been in shortly after this that would have kicked that off. But- Bubble Boy, apparently. Yeah, honestly, it's possible. It's possible because I saw Bubble Boy a lot too, which I'm ashamed of. He's real greasy looking in that movie, so I get it. I've never <laughs> I seen. Like that Boy. was. I've never seen Bubble Boy. I rewatched Bubble Boy like last year, and yeah, has not aged well. <laughs> I don't believe you. 
the worst part is it's one of those ones where like it didn't age well but like you still laugh and then you feel very guilty about having laughed at what it's what it's putting down as comedy maybe yeah. one day we'll get around to bubble boy <laughs> although you already rewatched it so i don't know yeah you'd have to maybe. get someone else who's you know not not bubble boy's number one fan you know rob you want to do bubble boy i mean maybe i have never <laughs> seen this thing it sounds weird it's about a boy in a bubble actually and he's he's yeah actually he's by, yes and he's played by jake gyllenhaal did they use the Paul Simon song, The Boy in the Bubble, as part of the soundtrack? Sam, do I don't think so. I don't think so. It feels like so. a real missed opportunity. Then. Yeah. Um, they didn't use a lot of, like, actual songs. And the ones that they did, they clearly used, like, just the amount that they could get away with without having to pay mm. for it. <laughs> I feel like Bubble Boy did not have the Paul Simon money they needed, probably, to pull that off. We they spent most of our budget on the Bubble. song, though. In 2001, though, how hard would that have been to get? Well, actually, maybe with that yeah. was probably like, yeah, that was take off your pants. About and the jacket. biggest band in the world at that point, probably. Yeah, so actually at that point, wow, good for them. So yeah, the bubble and the Blink 182 song, and that's 40% of your budget. Anyway, yeah, Donnie Darko. <laughs> it's tough to say too much more without getting into the specific spoilers, but. I read a couple things that said tonally it's a little all over the place. I disagree with that. I mean, it does work in a lot. There's, you know, teen drama, somewhat teen comedy, but not really. There's just lots of funny parts. A hell of sci-fi, some some horror. I'm mostly just saying that to justify creeping this into October, but Frank Again, the Bunny is a Halloween creepy. movie. It's a Halloween movie. Yes. It's a Halloween there's movie. No, there's there's no yeah. a Halloween party. There are Halloween costumes. There are horror movies featured. It takes place in October. It's yeah. a Halloween movie. And it but came Frank, out on October 28th. So And Frank the Bunny was released as a movie maniac action figure. And though that's a line of horror figures. So there you go. Yeah, like he is he is the stuff of nightmares. Like that costume is horrifying. I did like the at least acknowledge that 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 dude made that costume yeah that he didn't yeah, just buy that, that too he didn't just buy that shit off the rack as amazing I mean, as that would have been he did not go to his local spirit halloween <laughs> i always like that end scene i forget that it exists and then i get to it and i'm like oh this is great yeah just wrapping up the idea that they've got these vague memories of this alternate universe where shit went down you forgot about the Mad World sequence? That was like the main memory I had of this whole thing. I obviously remember the music playing, but like I didn't remember that we were going to get to see each character in the, you know. The same yeah, I thought world. it played over them like kind of, you know, when Jenna Malone comes up and the family's standing outside. I thought it played over that. I forgot about the kind of each character kind of just sitting bolt upright in bed and suddenly being like, oh shit. Yeah, the Swayze tears. He should cry. He's a terrible person. Yeah. I mean, I not Patrick Swayze himself, but. Right. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a report on the website about his, uh, his fate in the real universe after that scene. So. Yeah. Not great. I mean, you know, fine in a way, but yeah, not great. <laughs> I don't know. Sam, I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> That whole no, thing is weird. <laughs> How do, exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> you didn't keep going. 
No, I didn't keep going. I'm I all ears, the exact Sam. line. Yeah, I remember the all ears part, which is great. I also feel like that is the kind of thing that would happen at our dinner table if me and my brother are there. So you would tell each other to like suck a is- fuck. Maybe not suck a fuck, but it, it can get aggressive quickly. What does so he say to her? Bef- felt very before she says before she says to suck a fuck. What does he say to her? He calls her a fuck ass. <sighs> a fuck ass. Yeah. Yeah. Parents are After just again, telling the younger sister that she can't pop one out until eighth grade. <laughs> and again, it's the idea that it's a dysfunctional family, but not in the way that we're used to because the parents aren't like, stop that language and go to your room. It's, it almost you know. feels like his mom's given up at this point. She's just like, yeah. I need more wine. She's just kind of like giggling into her wine glass, like just yeah. like a little, little kind of wry smile on her face as she like drinks her wine. The father's like trying really hard not to laugh and choke on his pizza. It's great. Yeah. Oh, the dad's so good. I did uh, look him up, and apparently he's mostly only been in Richard Kelly movies. Was he in the like, box? He's been in all of them. Yeah, he's been in all of them. Holmes Osborne is his name. That's two last names right there. That's weird. Supervillain name. He was in Identity. That movie's all right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Southland Tales. I feel like I should have re- I should recognize him from more, but maybe I'm just thinking of him as the director and anchor man. Like that is what I'm picturing. Oh I think, yes, I saw yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I had another. Now it's gone. I had another thought about right before we were talking about sucking a fuck. What were we talking about right before there? Before we start talking about sucking fucks. Sparkle motion. Yes. Sparkle motion. What's the deal with sparkle motion? Why is it introduced as the moment we've all been waiting for? I assume that S. Darko would explain that. I figured it was just a two-hour sparkle motion feature. As amazing as it would have been if S. Darko was just a sparkle motion. Like, it's basically just Josie and the Pussycats, but about sparkle motion. Would have been incredible. But yeah, it was weird that it's like, and now the moment you've been able I was like, really? I also you know, don't understand how they got from like their local school's talent show to like, we're going to wherever to like be on the big state. Like, I like, were there scouts at this local talent show being like, there were, yes, it we shows 10 year old talent. It shows one. There mm-hmm. is. I thought they were just the judges of the competition. No, there's a scout there too. Okay, I thought I thought she was judging the talent competition. And apparently, um, misinterpreted. Before that scene is one of my favorite lines in the movie, where the gym teacher says, "If you feel like you're going to puke, just swallow it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and apparently, also on the subject of people with uh, actual backstories, the scene where he wants to kiss uh, Jenna Malone, and she says, "Not right now." There's a fat guy in a red jogging suit watching us. Uh, I apparently, according to the internet. That guy is assigned to watch the family after the jet engine yeah. crash. He's one of the three agents that's there on the scene when Donnie comes home after the crash. Yeah. I missed so, that. I caught that he was there at the Halloween party, but I missed that he was the one of the FAA agents or whatever. Yeah, I needed the internet to explain that to me as well. See, for, for me, that was the first moment where I was like, oh, there's even more going on in this film than I realized. Um, and that was the thing that always stuck in my mind. It was like, remember the guy in the red the red, red tracksuit or whatever? Yeah. I'd love stuff where there's like 
loads of loads of story going on in the background. We had this conversation in another on another episode. I think it was in relation to the the Mandalorian, but also maybe the X Files, where we were talking about the the kind of lore episodes versus the monster of the week type stuff. And I'm always about the lore. I want to dig yeah. deeper into the the philosophy. See, and what's I prefer, on. and I prefer in the X Files case, the other one because the lore just starts to get so. Wacky. Stack, stack on stack on concept on concept on concept that eventually I'm just like, I just want to watch them fight vampires for 42 minutes. <laughs> like when we get into a two-part about remember the black oil and the sharpie things that you stab the aliens with and I'm like, nope. <laughs> that was three seasons ago. I have no idea anymore. Also bees. Don't forget also bees. Bees, bees are very and, important. Yeah, bees for are For reasons that I still don't totally understand after several we watches now of the entire series. Now you're pregnant and shapeshifters, probably. I think that was the name of an episode. <laughs> but yes, in this case, I, I, I agree that... And I like that ARG stuff. Like, I was so into the Cloverfield stuff and digging into that background of the monster and all this stuff that, you know, you feel special. Because you're like, all oh, those other fools who watched the movie and went home, they don't know. They don't know. I know. So this is kind of the same thing. Is the you know There is more. It's a good movie on its own, but there's if you start to like really dig and look at how much is going on, I know I keep going back to it, but it's dense. It is just packed with stuff. There's not a, it's a nearly two-hour movie, and it doesn't waste a goddamn second. And it's dense, but it's also super watchable. Like, yeah. I yeah. put it on to rewatch, and I intended to watch half of it and then pause and pick it up, you know, the next night because it was getting kind of late. And I watched the whole thing because there's just like, there's never a moment where I was like, okay, well, you know, like I can pause it now and pick it back up and it, it'll, you know, I don't feel like I'm going to be missing out. Like, no, it it's dense, but it just, it moves so well that it doesn't yeah. feel its length. Yeah, as someone who feels that no very few movies need to be over two hours, which technically I guess this one isn't, but it's close. Yeah, it, it doesn't waste a moment. There's no scenes that you're like, that could go, that could go. We don't really need this. Or like you said, that clear point where you go, all right, well, this is a pretty natural stopping point and I'll pick up the rest tomorrow. Like, no, it, 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 it goes, it moves. I was actually, once it looked like we're, when we got to the party, I was like, well, this, this thing's actually almost wrapping up weird i wasn't ready to i wasn't ready for it to be gone yet <laughs> yep. also a lot of iconic images in this movie almost forgot like them in the movie theater and then there's like him with the axe and this ronald mania i don't know what that means his friend dressed as hulk hogan i have to point out the one wrestling uh... Um, I'm sad that we didn't talk about Charita. Oh, the the dancing girl. Yeah, that was yeah, not just... what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yep. sure it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, such a like pure, lovely, bullied character. It's like <laughs> yeah, you feel bad for her at the end of the performance because all she gets is a get off the. Yeah, it's probably brutal feedback that she gets there. Like, a yes, tepid applause would make you sad. But, like, the yelling. Ugh. Pretty true to a it's high just school everyone's talent show. It's so huh? mean. Everyone's so mean. And, like, it, it's so sad, you know, like the one scene where Donnie bumps into her and 
she drops her notebook and, you know, she's like got his name scrawled on it because he's the only person who's like kind of a little bit decent to her. Like not even anything like mind blowing, but just, you know, tells his friends to stop picking on her. And yeah, just the most surface level. Exactly. And she just like gloms onto that because it's all she's got. And like I, I, I read, I read someone suggesting that you know the wearing of the earmuffs is to just block out all of this hateful noise that she's hearing, almost to the point where she might not even hear what Donny says to her in that scene and just assumes he's being a dick and then just oh, turns yeah. around, she does turns just around run and run away. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Layers. This movie is the Shrek of movies, except Shrek, I guess, is the Shrek of movies. This is the, this movie is the Shrek's metaphor about ogres of movies. There you go. Because it's like an onion, and ogres are also like onions. Rob, what's your stance on onions as a food? Pretty great. There you go. Two against one. Suck a fuck, Sam. Nope. Why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? Protects me from the onions. (laughs) Onions are so good. What are you putting on burgers? Ketchup? Like a four-year-old? Yeah. (laughs) We gave my four-year-old a bite of a Big Mac the other day, and I thought she was going to hate it, but she like really liked Big Macs. Like, good for you, because I put just ketchup on burgers until I was at least fourteen. I still haven't had a Big Mac, so. Oh, they, I'm a man. They're fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm I'm really going to launch it. Like, oh, Sam, you don't know. You are missing out. (laughs) They're fine. They're what I get if I go to McDonald's. Although I still think we need to do the Big Mac episode. If everyone, we need to just knock out an episode real quick. Just do an eight minute, like, all right, take a bite. Like, that's fine. Yeah, maybe that's part of a, a compilation episode for the future. Maybe yeah, we'll get Mike also, on. He'll try an Oreo for the first time. It'll be great. But also, how amazing would it be if we released an episode and people went, it says it's only three minutes long, so maybe he screws something <laughs> up in the upload. Oh, speaking of which, I was listening to a past episode and you managed to superimpose the end theme over the start theme on oh, one of the episodes. Right, and I never <laughs> fixed it. <laughs> it's the Labyrinth episode. Uh, I do need to go fix that. That's just, that's just amateur nonsense. I quite liked it. <laughs> it's like it's like I put the theme in 3D, but for your ears. Uh, I, don't know, I guess we are getting short on time. But is there anything else that we absolutely have to bring up about Donnie Darko? We go. Characters good, performance is good, pace good, screenplay good. I think we all know where this is heading. <laughs> Movie good. Movie good. Yeah, how good? How good? Where does it rank for you two? Because it's still comfortably in my top 10 and it might have gone to yep. top, top five based on this. Yep, I would put it comfortably in the top 10 at least. <sighs> I don't know where it would fall in my top. I really do need to sit down one day and figure that out, but it's, it's a five star for me. Like, 100%. It didn't... I didn't, Let's face it, going into this, I don't think any of us thought we were going to sit down and go, you know what? It lost something for me this time around. I, I was open but, to the idea. Yeah, I mean, I considered it. I mean, I revisited it a little more recently than you two, but even still, I, you know, you never know, but I think it's still, it gained something, if anything, so. Yeah, I agree. Like like I said, even all, I having seen it, going through that box set, I probably watched it, including commentary tracks, start to finish six times, 
and learned everything there is to know about it. Although apparently not everything, because I was watching it last night and even still was like, oh, that's neat. So, yeah, it's... If you don't have the patience for a movie that's not, you know, it is not a casual, relaxed movie to have on in the background or while you're doing something. It's not a... No, you have to pay attention. Yeah, like, I'm tired. I just want something to fall asleep to. It's Which I feel, you know, again, with an oversaturated of entertainment is a world we're getting closer and closer to. Like, you know, Netflix being the, I just want to fall asleep to something of things where every Netflix movie is, that was fine. (laughs) But yeah, if, if, if you are looking for something a little more, let's say rewarding. Yeah. Like let's call it, I don't know. I don't really want to call it smart sci-fi because that's condescending, but that is kind of, you know, you got your tomorrow war sci-fi which is just over-the-top, ridiculous nonsense, which has its place. I didn't mind the Tomorrow War. And then you have this, which is definitely the more... Let's really try and put a realistic spin on this concept. Whereas the Tomorrow War was just, there's a big machine, and you go in it, now you're in the past! Bang, 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 bang! (laughs) It's nice to have both options. And, yeah, it's... Well, I like too. like, it's not, you know, it's a very complex movie, but I don't think it ever really makes you feel stupid if you don't like get it. And I feel like some movies like, like you know, we talked about Primer. I feel like Primer kind of makes you feel like a dummy. If you don't understand what's happening in Primer, you're just stupid. Yeah, Primer is a little bit more, I mean, I guess to put it politely, up its own ass. If I remember right, I haven't seen Primer in a very long time, in in all fairness, but I just remember it's largely two guys in a room spouting math and science stuff. And I remember being it being good and I probably should go back and rewatch it. But yeah, this I think it's like we've been saying, if you you can still enjoy a lot of this movie, if you just decide I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff and I'm not looking into it. What about that movie Coherence? It's... Did you both see that one? I don't think so. That yeah, pretty cool. That's I watched like that one not long ago. Stuff. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's yeah. interesting. It hurt my brain, but not yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. In a Donnie Darko way. Exactly. Yeah, like that's the thing, right? Like it's a smart movie, but it's never condescending about it. And I think Coherence was kind of the same, although perhaps more so. But it's an interesting movie. You should watch yeah. it, Sean. I I probably should. But yeah, it's, 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 I think it's very tricky to wrap up a movie with a lot of question marks in a way that doesn't make the audience go, fuck off. And I think this movie pulls it off. Yeah. Like, there have definitely been movies where the credits roll and you can just get this sense of, like, are you kidding me? Like, did you just not know how to end your movie? Oh, it's up to you to decide. Like, fuck off. No, you decide. <laughs> but here, like, sometimes it feels like you did that because you don't know. Like, oh, it's up to the audience to decide. It's like, but here, like the answers are there. It's just yeah. more so I'm going to leave some of it up to you to get them versus I have no idea. You, you're a writer now. You figure it out. So I think it has to be applauded that you can, that this movie pulls that off. Or at the end, I'm sure it it happened to some people. I've seen it happen to some people where they're and it ends and they're angry versus it ends and you're like, huh, 
I am interested to learn more about that. Versus, say, the other day where I watched a movie that I will be reviewing for Sci-Fi and Scary. So when this goes up, go over to sci-fi and and read my review of No One Gets Out Alive, where it ended with a lot of question marks. And I very much was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, just, that was just nonsense. Yeah, Something- no, it's it's ambiguous, but it's not like in a frustrating way. Like you said, the answers are there if you want to dig for them. And I think it still feels like a satisfying ending. The, the You know, there's not really any like loose strings. There's just a lot of questions about how we got to where we got. Agreed. Something you're currently enjoying? Sam also. I was prepared this time because I've watched what's the date the 21st today so i've watched 20 movies so far this month so <laughs> yeah, like, i've enjoyed a couple of them um sea fever was pretty good i i you know we talked about the x files a little bit and it's kind of like someone described it as being like an episode of x files right that like kind of ends right before Mulder and scully would show up and that's pretty accurate that was pretty fun um the slumber party massacre remake also quite fun. I have my review of that one up on sci-fi and scary.com. So check that one out. But yeah, it was, I was, uh, I was actually going to watch it the other night, decent. but because you reviewed it, I was like, I need to watch something for me to review. So I haven't done slumber party massacre yet, but hopefully this weekend, cause I really want to watch it. It's a fun one. Like it was really fun. So yeah, those are, those are, those were kind of like the two highlights of, the month and blood and donuts which no one else will enjoy and also it's impossible to find but if you find blood and donuts the weird super low budget canadian vampire movie from 95 check it out very specific (laughs) rob i'm not sure i have much new that i can talk about i went through all of the tv shows and stuff and said them all on here before. Uh, I'll throw out a band that I might not have mentioned. Uh, they're Belgian. Their name is Slow Crush. They're like a new gaze band, like shoe gaze, but with like the metal guitars. Um, they got an EP dropping today and they're coming to Ottawa in May. So I have two tickets to see them when that show inevitably gets postponed or cancelled. I'll be devastated. That's <laughs> ah, eight months away. <laughs> Everything will be normal by then, right? Well, yeah, I hope, hopefully. The three shows that I had tickets to in the last month were all postponed. So mm. that was sad. My wife and her friends are going to see Dune tonight, and it kind of just hit them that theaters are at 100% capacity right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's definitely a like, oh, my God, hang on. It's like, yeah, it's going to be busy. Mm-hmm. And then we're going on Tuesday. So nice. uh, what about me? I think I already called out Far Cry 6 in the stream episode. We watched uh, the movie Free Guy which we enjoyed a lot. Um, The marketing did that movie zero favors because every trailer that came out, I walked away going, that movie seems like it should be tailor-made for me, but it just looks so unfunny. And it's really good. It's weird. Um, It's surprisingly, a a surprisingly good story, which I wasn't expecting. Like, I mean, I think you both know the concept. Ryan Reynolds is a video game character who becomes self-aware. I wasn't expecting them to like, really get into how that could happen and there's this whole other like the trailers don't get into any of it which is kind of good so we both uh, very much enjoyed that and i guess the 
the other thing while I'm playing Far Cry 6 is I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares because <laughs> Far Cry 6, like there's not really, you know, music or a lot of dialogue. A lot of the time you're just wandering the map and shooting people. So you need something on in the background. And I've been watching, uh, yeah, Kitchen Nightmares is like fantastic. I don't really need to look at the visuals. Every episode is the exact, exact same. Something's wrong with the restaurant and Gordon Ramsay needs to come in and fix it. Here's what's wrong with your restaurant. Fuck off. What do you know? Rinse and repeat. But what I fascinated me the most, and I was texting Rob about it, was that during like just letting YouTube play, the UK version of Kitchen Nightmares came out, came up. And it's the most damning vision of what US audiences need to stay invested in a show. Because the UK one has almost no music versus the US one, which is just constantly like dum, 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 dum. Yeah. He's he himself is much more chill, like just like oh your food your food's so bad, but I'm here to help you. I'm going to fi- I guess Australian. I'm going to fix it. Like it's so calm and weird, and to the point where and it almost to me, I was like, I don't trust this. I don't know if I want this. He's too supportive and too good. Like I don't want the like your food is bad, but don't worry, I'm here to help. I want the more like you know. Chef Ramsay was so disappointed with the food in the kitchen, he set the place on fire and slept with the head chef's wife. <laughs> you fucking deserve this. I mean, I've you only can't just realized. Cook an egg. I've only just I'll realized your you, fucking you... legs. <laughs> that accent's not bad actually for him. You're doing quite well. Um, I've only just realized that you weren't talking about Hell's Kitchen, which is a completely oh, different show. It turns no. out. No, yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that. No, I don't want that. I don't want him yelling at chefs on a competition show. I want him going into the restaurant and being like, I want a burger. And then they give him the burger. I'm like, I wouldn't feed this to my fucking dog. I mean, he does a lot of that in Hell's Kitchen, too. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Chef Ramsay was so disappointed, he chopped off the chef's legs and burned down the whole town. I just can't take it. It's so bad. You all had to die. That's Australia. We're back. Yeah, that's that's Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That's not a knife. <laughs> Chef Ramsay was very disappointed in the knife. That's not a knife. I'll kill your fucking dog, mate. <laughs> so, yeah. Way to go, UK. You guys clearly do not need TV spoon-fed to you. Coming up after the break. The head chef is caught doing a line of cocaine off of the customer's food. Well, we've always been quite good in the UK about knowing that if we don't have enough content for a one-hour show, we don't have to make a one-hour show. Which is amazing. It's such a good way to do it. Previously, on like, yeah, I know. Before the commercial break. It's like, yep. Coming up after this commercial break. If you thought what you saw, holy shit, a customer comes into the kitchen and starts throwing punches. I'll rip your fucking throat out with my teeth, you fuck. That's my. Why is this man. still the Donnie Darko episode? What is I don't know. <laughs> we have to wrap it up. Though, <laughs> oh God, yeah, so. We got off track. Yeah, I would also we... like to say that one of my biggest um, spooktober disappointments was that Rob could not answer via Sean whether there were <laughs> creepy secluded cabins on lakes in the UK. Oh, it didn't occur to me that that was, yeah, like a question. When he when he said it was from Sam, I just assumed other Sam for some reason. But ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I explained the context right. The movie had yeah. people, two British actors hiding accents. So she's like, "Why not just 
have this take place in the UK? Like, why even? It's also, I think, supposed to occur in Quebec because, like, they're talking about like this shack where they go to get their baked beans, and then they like exchange two lines in French, and then like that's it. That's the explanation for them being in this creepy. So basically, yeah, don't eat the baked beans in Quebec because bad things will happen. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm as confused now, if not more so. That added context really helped, didn't it? <laughs> Baked beans. <laughs> That's, That's why, why they pre- had to set it in Canada. UK just does not have the same level of baked beaneries. <laughs> Rob, is that true? Uh, no, people will be screaming at this podcast right now if they're hearing this. <laughs> okay. the British but you have like weird little shacks that are just dedicated to baked beans because like we do actually have those. They're probably screaming at it because they were confused how we got Gordon Ramsay to appear on the episode a few minutes ago. <laughs> yep. That's it. And with that, I think we are both late for meetings. So. Yes, I think we need to wrap it up. So thank you to uh, to Sam also and to Rob for joining us for the long-awaited Donnie Darko episode. Thank you to Tev Sound for the theme song. Remember to go check out Sam and I's other ill-advised quest, Goodwill is Hunting, available on Anchor and on Spotify with more uh, platforms on the way once we get a couple more episodes. But you can go check that out. Uh, this week's episode is a lot angrier than the first. Uh, I don't take us out with a with a Donnie Darko quote, or else I'm just gonna start singing Mad World. Oh, that sounds good. Do, 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 All around me are familiar <laughs> faces, worn out faces, worn out faces, and suck a fuck. Uh, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And I find it good. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. So for all those things nostalgic, I asked to do.